At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden with Veasan. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Your favorite Kansas grad right here, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. We're going to talk Final Four odds here in just a minute. It is the Denver City cast, so we'll start the front range forward with the Broncos. Got a lot of Broncos news. A whole bunch of meetings down in Florida right now. Nuggets, Hornets, another huge game for Denver. Spread a stare. My buddy from Run Pure Bets going to join me a little bit later on in the show. We're going to break down the Western Conference playoff picture because it is very interesting heading into the final week and a half uh, or two weeks of the season. And then I want to talk some Rockies today. Little Rockies lineup. Going to talk about the Rockies lineup before it's all over. Yeah, I want to get into the Will Smith slapping Chris Rock thing because why not? Everybody is. Um, let's talk some Broncos. How about that? Let's go off the top and and discuss some of the things that I saw Nathaniel Hackett discussing earlier today at those meetings. All the coaches just gather. Um, it's the coaches' meetings down, I think, in Palm Beach, Florida. So you've got a lot of things going on there. Uh, that's really nice. Good for them. I hope they get everything that their hearts desires. And you'll hear a lot of cool things coming out of there, actually. As far as the Broncos go, I mean, we're still sitting just about where we were last week as far as the Super Bowl and division odds. Broncos plus 1,600 to win the Super Bowl. Broncos plus 800 now to win the AFC West. That's interesting. Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, and then Broncos. So, You've got the Bills at plus 350, Chiefs plus 500, Chargers 750, Broncos 800. And that kind of reflects what you see in the AFC West 
uh, odds as well. Just staying very solid. Chiefs plus 155, Chargers 240, Broncos 260, and then the Raiders at plus 275. And I still don't have a... I think we do have it now. Here we go. We got a little win total action, don't we? All right, no. Yeah, we've got uh, number of games won in the regular season for the Broncos. 10? Hold on. Over 10, under 10. At 10, we push. That is a bet that I'm, I'm actually going to place right now. Over 10 wins for the Broncos. Oh, how about that? Let's look at this for a second. So Denver Broncos markets, I've got them pegged for a 12 and 5, maybe 11 and 6 season. The only way they don't get over 10 in my estimation is if Russell Wilson gets injured. Uh, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Oh my God. All right, Bet Rivers, there you go. Number of games won by the Broncos in the regular season, over 10, minus 114. Love it. Love to see that stuff there. Let's get into some things from Florida, though. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I want you to hear what Javante uh, Williams' role could be. Nathaniel Hackett talking about what will be the second year running back for Javante. With any running back, you always want to have more than uh, as many as you can. You want a big stable. Um, you want to have a guy that uh, you can feed and make sure he gets a lot, but he's still a young player and he's still learning. And uh, you want to be sure that you guys split it as much as you can. I think uh, last year we had a great, actually a lot of the places that I've been, there's always been kind of two guys because you always want to try to split the load as much as you can. Um, but at the same time, he's a great player, so we're going to have to continually get it. But we'll just have to see how the whole thing goes. Well, that's interesting. Uh, again, this is what I was saying. I feel like there's got to be a nice, healthy balance. So you hear Hackett saying you want two guys back there. And Hackett had two great running backs. So really, Aaron, Aaron Jones is a very underrated running back that we saw in Green Bay. But as we saw last year, A.J. Dillon taking a huge chunk of that role as well. And we're still early in Javante's career. Yes, he has the fresh legs. I, I don't think we need to see him with 350 touches, especially if this team makes a deep run in the Super Bowl. There are going to be games where you're going to want to rely on him more. But for those of you playing fantasy football, uh, it's not great news, but Javante still is going to be an RB1, a running back one. And then the question is, who does he share time with? And Hackett said, or actually, this was Peyton. Peyton said, Melvin Gordon, the door is still open. Uh, also said the same thing about Kareem Jackson. Would love to see Kareem Jackson back, but... Yeah, you bring Melvin Gordon back there. He's familiar with everything. The system changed a little bit, but not too much. Great presence. He's been great around Javante as well. So I hope Melvin Gordon comes back. And honestly, I don't want to see Javante. Look, look, 17 games if he touches the ball 20 times in 17 games. Right? What is that? 340 touches in the regular season? I mean, that's just, you're just going to break down. Uh, it's, and then you throw in the playoffs. If he gets somewhere over what, 400 touches and a C his body's going to fall apart. So it's going to be a really delicate balancing act. I know everybody, we all want Pookie with the carries, but there's no reason to run this dude into the ground. You'd like to have him for a while too. Okay. Uh, next very interesting. Albert O is going to be a move tight end. That's what Hackett said. So, He's going to be part tight end and part wide receiver. Ooh, he's a receiving option first. I like that. I like that a lot for Alberto. I don't want to say just like Jimmy Graham way back in the day, but I think they're going to use him a little bit like that. 
and we'll see who the blocking tight end is, whether they bring somebody else in or, you know, there's someone on the roster there. I don't think so, but I love this. This is another terrific option for Russell Wilson. So Sutton, Judy, Patrick, Hamler. You got Javante catches the ball really well. If Gordon comes back, he catches the ball really well. And now Alberto, love it. And then last but not least on the Broncos, Hackett was talking about Devontae Adams, okay? Now, obviously, he was Hackett's, uh, or Hackett was Adams' offensive coordinator for years, uh, the whole time he was there in Green Bay. He says, there's going to be a lot of talking in that game. That's my guy. We know how to get uh, under each other's skin, too. So, these Raiders-Broncos games are going to be awesome. It's not like you don't really hate the Raiders to the max, <laughs> and now you got Devontae Adams to go up against. I, I love Hackett's personality. How can you not love it? Absolutely terrific. Uh, let's move on, though, to number two in the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. It's the Final Four, baby! And my Kansas Jayhawks and many, many Denver uh, and, and really Colorado Kansas alumni. So many people from here go to KU and we have a huge fan base here. So I don't mind talking up my boys a little bit, but let me give you the bet rivers final four odds as they sit this morning to win the championship. Duke is plus 135, Kansas plus 200, Nova plus 475, UNC plus 550. I mean, personally, I would bet on these teams on the money line uh, instead of taking that like with Duke plus 135. I wouldn't even bother with the money line there. I'd just go with the spread against North Carolina. Get into those numbers in a second. Um, Kansas plus 200. Again, they, they beat Nova. I, I would take the points there and probably the points in the championship game. Then you start talking about Nova plus 475. Their big guy, Justin Moore, who just tore his Achilles. Nova's going to keep this game close, and I will have a full breakdown of the uh, semifinal games coming up on Friday, but I don't think Nova's the play. I think at plus 550, if you're going to bet a future, you take a shot on UNC. You're getting five and a half to one, and they've got to win two games. They've got to be Duke and then either Kansas or Villanova. I'm going to stay away from this bet, but if you are going to take a shot, take a shot on the long shot. I mean, Carolina's playing as good of basketball as anybody. As anybody. Here are the lines on Bet Rivers right now, by the way. Uh, Nova, four and a half point dogs, plus 165 in the money line. 133 is the total. I think this is going to be a game where we bet it live. I don't feel great about laying four and a half. I really see Kansas and Nova just coming down to the wire. It's going to be a slow grind them out game. So the number that I like is Kansas Nova under 133. Because in order to get to this number, we're looking at, what, a 70 to 63 final. I don't think Kansas puts up 70 points against Villanova. I think this is a really slow, sloggy, gross, beat the hell out of each other game. Kansas can play either way. Kansas can play slow, methodical, gross, like they did against Providence, or they can play up-tempo. And get the win like they did yesterday. So, official play from there. It's my first bet. Under 133. Uh, if you can find 133 and a half, I'd take that. And then North Carolina Duke. This is a complete crapshoot. I mean, these the two teams know each other so well. They play at least twice every single season. <laughs> this is the first time they're facing off 
in the final four. This is the first time they're facing off in the NCAA tournament, which is fascinating to me. But this easily will be the most hyped college basketball game ever. We're talking about the greatest rivalry in American sports. Now, some of you are going to disagree. Most of you probably disagree. You'll say that's it's either, I don't know, Broncos, Raiders, or um, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Giants. I don't know. But to me, it's college. There's just a blood feud between these two schools. They're close to each other. They're both blue blood programs. And as far as the side goes, I'm not going to do it. If I can hit Duke at even money during this game, I'll do it. If I can get North Carolina, maybe at a seven plus seven or a plus eight, because one of these teams will probably run away. The other team will come back. This is how basketball works. And this is why live betting is so awesome. Uh, North Carolina plus four, 165 plus 165 in the money line, just like Kansas Duke is minus 200. And then 150 and a half is the total. And I like the over in this one. So I like the under in Kansas Nova. And I like the over in North Carolina Duke over 150 and a half. Both of the games that they played earlier this year soared over those numbers. So I'm feeling good about both those. I placed bets already. And that's what we got. And as the week goes on, I think every day I'll probably just break down a new sector here. We've got total points by Kansas, total points by Villanova, total points by UNC and Duke. Just team total. So I'm excited. Uh, I think on Saturday, I'm going to head out to one of the KU bars here in town. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Let's move on to number three. Story number three on the front range four. the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Nuggets and Hornets. Nuggets on the road at Charlotte, or as some of us call it, Charlotte. Minus three for the Nuggets on the road. They're favorite. Minus 143 money line. Don't mess with that. 233 and a half. I will continue to say this till I'm whatever in the face. Do not bet sides or totals pregame in the NBA. It just, if you want to do it in the playoffs because you get a better read, fine. I just, you're going to get a better number. 99 out of 10 games, you're going to get a better number if you just watch the game, sit down, try not to get too emotional about it say oh my team's down 15 there's no way they can make this up yes there is i mean you're just going to get a better number it's as simple as that now there is an odds boost on bet rivers today it goes from plus 200 to plus 250 nikola Jokic to record over 46 and a half pra points rebounds and assists so over 46 and a half pra it's something you know when it's up around 50 and a half i don't like it 49 and a half i don't like it 48 and a half is a little uncomfortable Anything 47 and a half and below is something that Jokic can do. The Nuggets also have to cover four and a half and not three. But it's an interesting odds boost. Boosted from two to one to two and a half to one. 200 to plus 250. Now for Charlotte, they're playing great basketball right now. They're seven and three in their last 10. Uh, they're going to get to the playoffs if they can win some of these games for the first time since 2015-16. They've got LaMelo Ball, very exciting young player, very fun to watch. Um, Kelly Oubre as well. He's been on fire. Here's another Kansas guy. And more on tonight's game with Spread a Stare in just a little bit. I do want to set up the playoff standings, though. Uh, seven games left. You've got the Nuggets in the sixth spot, a game and a half ahead of Minnesota, and two ahead in the loss column. Okay? Timberwolves had the Celtics. That was a really tough game for them, and thank God that the Timberwolves didn't win that game. Uh, Friday night, the Nuggets 
hosting Minnesota. That is going to be a monster game on multiple levels, and I cannot wait for that one. I need this team to go four and three over the last seven to get me over this 47 and a half. And if you tailed me, you need it too. We did get some good news though. LeBron James tweaked his ankles ankle last night. One of his ankles tweaked an ankle last night and the Nuggets face the Lakers twice. So there's a lot of desperation for LeBron James right now. He was able to come in or back into last night's game, uh, hobbled around. I think he, if he didn't airball, he looked horrible on his first shot. Uh, after the ankle injury, and then just sucked it up after that. But post-game, he said it's bad. It's really bad. So could be good news for the Nuggets. Nuggets would face the Warriors in the first round, and the Warriors are slumping. That would be the 3-6 matchup if things stay the same. Now, Steph Curry's probably going to be back for the playoffs, or he's going to be. Draymond's back. Clay Thompson is there. Jordan Poole has really stepped up in everybody's absence. So it's still a very dangerous team. We'll see what happens. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Is that is that the saying there? Uh, but also, the Nuggets are just a game behind the Jazz for the five spot. Utah's horrible right now. They've lost four straight. The problem is the Jazz hold the tiebreaker after going 4-0 against the Nuggets. So the Nuggets would have to finish a game ahead. So they're really two games behind the Jazz for the five spot. They are two games behind the Mavericks for the four spot. But Dallas has the tiebreaker. They won two or three head-to-head -head meetings. So the Nuggets really didn't do great against the teams ahead of them, unfortunately. It is interesting, though. The Nuggets are 22-15 and 15 at home. They are 22-16 and 16 on the road. They're a good road team. The Nuggets are a really good road team. Uh, the problem is they're just not getting as much home court advantage as you'd like to see. Seriously. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, Denver becoming more transient. No question about it. Also... You don't watch the games on television. 75% of town doesn't have them on TV. So that kind of hurts developing a uh, fan base. But a deep run in the playoffs could change all of that. Okay, number four on the front range four. Let's talk about the Rockies lineup. Um, Charlie Blackman. In all likelihood, he's going to lead off this season. And... You'd like to see him hit for a little bit more power, but the reason why you can put him back at the top now is because guys like Gritchick and Crone and Bryant and McMahon are all here. They can just crush the baseball. We got the DH now, so Blackman should be playing you know, a whole bunch of games. And he's a little bit older now. But at a minimum, he leads off against right-handed pitchers. And, and I would think that it, it should probably stay that way. So I think Blackman leads off. I think Ryan McMahon, who hit 23 home runs last year. And, and listen, these are all going to change. There's going to be uh, lefty, righties, platoons, things like that. But I think just the optimal lineup for me, McMahon would hit second. I think he flirts with 30 home runs this season, by the way. It is a big, big year for Ryan McMahon. Uh, Chris Bryant, like I told you, I expect his third 30 home run season of his career. He has hit third in spring training. I think that would be Blackman, McMahon, Bryant would be nasty. And then you protect Bryant in the cleanup spot with C.J. Crone, who has 30 home runs uh, in 495 at-bats in his breakout season last year. What if this guy gets to like 550 and he hits his 35 home runs? How amazing would that be? Can he smash 35 home runs? 19 of his 28 bombs came at home last year. His OPS was much lower on the road. Uh, not good. 340 points. It was below average. So he was a little over 700 OPS league average. You're a good player at 800. 
Uh, and then he was like 11 something, 1170 at home, just astronomical. And that's to be expected. So I would go my top four, Blackman, McMahon, Bryant, Crone, follow that up with Brendan Rogers, who hit 19 home runs. I mean, this is the former top prospect. He could hit 25. I'd like to see his on-base percentage go up. It was 323 last season, but I'd follow that with Rogers and at least give Randall Grichuk a shot in the sixth spot to start. He strikes out a ton and he doesn't get on base much, but he hits balls far. He hits balls in the air and he's a candidate to hit 25 bombs. And I think I would roll him out there behind Rogers. We need to find out what Sam Hilliard has now. And I would slot him in in the seventh spot. He's 28 now, though. He has a career K rate of almost 35%. The MLB average is 23%. He strikes out 34.6% of the time. So, again, you got a lot of power. You got a lot of strikeouts, though. Grichik and Hilliard are going to strike out a ton. You'd like to see Hilliard cut down on that a little bit. Jose Iglesias hitting seventh for me, defensive specialist. First time in a while, the Rocks won't have a power hitting shortstop. Hmm, why is that? Iglesias really does help bridge the gap, though to the 20-year-old Ezekiel Tovar. He's uh, their top shortstop prospect. We know that the Rockies minor league system is not great, to say the least. But he'll, I think he hits seventh, or I, I think he hits eighth. And I think Elias Diaz, who has 18 home runs and just 338 at-bats. I mean, that was pretty darn good. That was a really, really Nice season last year. 18 home runs and just 338 at-bats. Lots of power in this lineup. Lots of strikeouts in this lineup. This team is going to continue to struggle hitting on the road. But they should be much better than 21st in home runs. I mean, this should be a team that finishes in the top 10 to 12 when it's all said and done. You've just got power up and down one through six or seven. One through six. And then Diaz has power. So the only guy that's not going to hit a lot of home runs for you is going to be Jose Iglesias. Okay, that was the front range four. It was a fun one. And um, looking forward to the Broncos. Ten wins. Are you kidding me? You're telling me they're not going to go 11 and six next year? Well, I'm betting it. You can bet Rivers going to hold on to my money now uh, for a while to the end of the 2022 season. Spread a stare. Run pure bets. He's going to break down the Western Conference playoff race for us. That's next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at BetRivers. Get started with life after football with a BetRivers app. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. As promised, spread a stare, run pure bets. He's on fire here in the NBA. He joins us once again. Spread, wonderful to see your face. I know the people that are listening can't see it, but uh, it's just glorious. How are you, my friend? What's going on in your world? Oh, uh, Holden, I'm doing great. Uh, first of all, it's a beautiful time of year out here in California, so I'm getting plenty of outdoors time. Nice little balance. Uh, between that and, and, and grinding the sports all day, right? 
the uh-huh. NBA season is coming to the close, but the tennis action's been great too. So this is a busy time of year for me, but I couldn't be having any more fun. You couldn't be having any more fun. Well, you know what? It's been a fun nugget season for those of us that have been able to watch them this year. They've got a game coming up against the Hornets tonight. Kind of previewed it, but I'd like to get more thoughts on you. Uh, What do you think of the Hornets coming into this game? A team that is probably going to get into the playoffs in some iteration, whether it's the play-in game. They haven't been there since 15-16. Talk to me. What kind of team is Charlotte? Yeah, Charlotte's a fun young team, right? They're definitely fun to watch. Uh, because they're all offense, right? <laughs> this team has just got a bunch of guys uh, that can go and they can score. Where they struggle is on the defensive end. Now, they average the highest points per game uh, in the league. Uh, not the highest offensive net rating, but highest points per game, uh, which shows you how fast they play, right? This is a fast-paced team. Uh, they like to get up and down the floor. And they usually run smaller lineups, right? The big thing that, uh, you know, especially our guys on the DFS side like to do, uh, they like to use big men um, to attack uh, the Hornets because uh, they got great players one through four. Uh, they added Montrez Harrell at the trade deadline, but he's still pretty small for a center. Center is their weakness. Uh, so that that bodes well for the Nuggets tonight, right? Because, uh, mm-hmm. we, you know, we know what their strength is, and it's at center. So uh, expect Jokic to have a big game tonight. But, yeah, the Hornets, fast-paced team, a lot of fun to watch. They can definitely put the ball through the basket. Uh, their biggest issue is getting those stops when they need them. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think of this Nuggets team right now, Spread. They've, they're going in a little bit of a funk, and they need to get out of it very, very quickly. Now, they're in the sixth spot. We talk about the tiebreakers here, right? They they have the head-to-head against the T-Wolves on Friday night. That's going to be huge. Seven games left, game and a half ahead of the T-Wolves, two head and loss column. Uh, they've got the Lakers two times. LeBron has an ankle injury. Let's talk about that for a second because I saw that. He tweaked his ankle. He came back in. He missed a shot. Like, he airballed it, and then he started stroking it. Is LeBron messed up enough to where – He's not going to be that effective going down the stretch. I mean, I haven't seen him this motivated in a while, but this is not a good injury. Yeah, I mean, he's traditionally been able to get past these, right? But as he gets on and on in years, uh, it's tough. But I'll tell you what, for the Nuggets, when they do face those uh, games, right? They should be big games. One of them is a Sunday afternoon. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, They've shown, and it's almost like the same thing with the Nuggets, right? You can let the star, whether it be Nikolai Jokic or LeBron James, just go off and still have a chance to win because uh, LeBron James has been putting up wonderful numbers. They haven't necessarily always uh, been winning. So even he probably will keep playing, man. I mean, and this guy just seems to be like uh, almost like a cyborg the way he plays basketball. And I've seen him where it looks like he's going to be injured for a long time and he barely misses any time. Uh, takes care of himself probably better than anyone uh, in NBA history. So he's got that going for him. But these are still hugely winnable games because even if LeBron gets, you know, 30 and 10, uh, the Lakers don't have necessarily the best record uh, when he's putting up big numbers. So uh, even if he plays, I would still like the Nuggets' chances in both those games. Mm, Okay. So you think I should be okay in my last seven games? I need four wins to get over 47 and a half for the season. I think tonight's pretty big. So (laughs) I I, know because let's look, right? So they're going to play the Pacers. Um, yeah. they, they should beat Indiana. Indiana has completely uh, committed to the rebuild. And this is like the first time they've done it. Like their last like lottery pick was like in the 80s or something, right? I mean, this team has consistently been good. They've finally gone for the rebuild, and they've had a lot of injuries, and they're completely playing it safe with the players who are kind of on the fence about being able to play. 
Um, so I'd expect the Nuggets to get a win there. You talked about that Timberwolves game, right? And the Timberwolves are playing good basketball right now. This team is really coming together. Uh, one big advantage here, though, is that the Nuggets get to face them at home. Uh, and the Nuggets play so much better at home there, and the Timberwolves aren't the best on the road either. You know what's interesting, Spread? I just talked about that today. Like, their home road games are – the record's the same. It's fascinating to me. Now, in the NBA, you're going to get te- – now, the stats might be different, but just the sheer record – yeah, you're right. I'm pulling that up. You're right. Uh, you know, 22 and 15 at home, 22 yeah. and 16 on the road. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, boy, that just I must be just using an old preconceived notion that they're just not right because that used to be the thing, right? On the Nuggets was you bet on them at home, you fade them on yeah. the road, and you call it a day. That's that's good knowledge they're holding. So, thank you for correcting me there. Yeah, because I mean, Jokic. Well, it's, that's Jokic. That's the Jokic effect mm-hmm. on the road. You're just not seeing it at home, though. And there's a lot of different reasons for it. We can get into it another time. But so you've got that. They've got a couple of tough games. They've got a couple of mediocre games, right? Mm-hmm. So you're feeling okay. They win four of seven. But if they lose tonight's game, am I screwed? Not necessarily. I think they've got a good chance against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, I would, like I said, I'd expect them to, to sweep the Nuggets. So then you just have to win one of the Hornets or sweep the Pacers the there. Yeah, sweep the Lakers, okay. excuse me. Um, you know, you've just got one of the Hornets or the Pacers there, and I think that Pacers one is pretty good. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily write it off, but I would say, I mean, I don't want to, you know, get you too excited. But if they win this tonight, I think you're really uh, in a great spot on that bet. Yeah, and if they don't, I'm not going to be happy. Okay, well, let's talk about the the standings here from top to bottom. How does that sound? Yeah, let's Phoenix is just unstoppable. They've won eight in a row. They win everything, and they're just dominant at home and on the road. They've got there's another team. They're 31 and eight at home. They're 30 and six on the road. They have to be the overwhelming favorites, right? Yes, they have to be, especially with what's going on in Memphis and Golden State, and these teams not being healthy. Um, John Morant now is going to miss the whole rest of the regular season, right? So it'll be interesting to see what his status is uh, going in now. When we're handicapping Memphis for the rest of the regular season, Memphis has played great without John Morant, right? They're, they're still winning games without Morant in the lineup. So for these regular season games, I don't really downgrade them at all. And I I think it's over now. But there was a nice little, uh, you know, where people were kind of fading them without Morant. And now I think that's kind of over. But you were able to get some value on the Grizzlies because they were downgrading them. And I didn't think the downgrade was warranted. Now, when it comes to the playoffs, though, that downgrade is going to be legitimate if he's not there or if he's not 100% uh, because it's a whole different style of basketball and, and you need those guys, right, as the NBA Twitter guys like to call them, right, the dudes, right, just a superstar dudes. that can, can score, uh, get your offense set, um, you know, and really against the very best defenders uh, get things done. So that's where they'll miss Morant. I haven't downgraded them at all for the rest of the season. You know, and then we talk about the Golden State Warriors. Same thing with Steph, man. Uh, what a disappointing injury. This team finally seems like they're going to get healthy, finally return that, that big three that they used uh, to, to win those titles and make the finals, um, you know, of Draymond, Clay, and Steph. Draymond gets back on the court. We're all excited, especially out here in Northern California. And then Steph, Steph, Steph hurts himself as well, too, in that play against Boston and Marcus Smart. So uh, Golden State's another team limping into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, almost by, uh, you know, uh, you know, by subtraction or whatever, Phoenix is just head and shoulders above the rest of the teams here in the West right now. 
Well, then you got Memphis, who yeah. just, they've been a revelation, right? 52 and 23. Yeah. Can they take down the Suns if it, if it got to that? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, obviously Phoenix will be favored. Um, but I think the idea that, that Memphis could beat this Phoenix team is not unwarranted. One thing that'll be interesting, though, will be the playoff experience that Phoenix, you know, already had with some of their players, of course, Jay Crowder and Chris Paul. Um, but then that they added last season, making it to the finals and, and really experiencing all that and going against Milwaukee. Um, you know, so they have that experience. Whereas Memphis, right, this team, they have a couple players on there that have a little bit of playoff experience, right, Stephen Adams. Um, but, you know, they don't have the same, right? You know, there was there was a first playoff appearance uh, last season. And usually in the NBA, these things are a progression, right? It's not like the, the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL, right, where just all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl. Usually it takes a couple years uh, for these teams to gain playoff experience, you know, make it farther and farther. So that's going to be a drawback against the Grizzlies too. But if you look at the way the teams match up on paper uh, and, and their, the Memphis's ability, how the fact that they can score in the half court, they have excellent and versatile defense, right? It's not crazy mm -hmm. that this team could beat Phoenix, although I think Phoenix will be rightfully favored. Spread, how do you think a Nuggets-Warriors series pans out? Because right now, that's the 3-6, and it definitely could happen. Yeah, the Nuggets, this is so tough here um, with Jokic and not having the second and the third highest players on the guys available because, um, you know, right now it's Jokic and a bunch of role players, and these guys are good role players, right? They're very good at their role. Will Barton, Monty Morris, I mean, Aaron Gordon, these are guys, and I like the way that Aaron Gordon has adjusted his game to be a, a playoff guy, right? He looked like he was just putting up empty numbers there in Orlando. Uh, he's really showed you how, how versatile he is on the defensive end. So the, they have the guys to get the stops here. Uh, Warriors are, are definitely a, uh ex explosive offensive team, though. So it's going to be so tough for Denver here. But then the wild card is, is Steph not 100%, right? Because if Curry's not out there, you got to say Denver's got a great chance for the upset. Yeah. If Curry's not 100%, you got to say Denver's got a great chance of the upset. Or even if he kind of comes back, um, you know, a little shaky, a little rusty, a little iffy. I mean, Denver's got a shot here. So I definitely would not count them out, um, you know, unless Steph gets back and this team starts firing on all cylinders. I would say this is a true 50-50 uh, proposition, and my guess is there is going to be some value on Denver in the betting market uh, because of that. But, you know, and, and I know that people think this is a really simple handicap, but a lot of times it matters, right? If Steph's not out there, the Nuggets are going to have the best player on the floor when the game's coming down to crunch time. He's got to be out there, though, doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it, it was a pretty bad foot injury, and for them yeah. to rush him back, um, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them. So uh, I could look that up. And right now, I know that they're planning on him coming back. But we've seen this with so many players, especially the Nuggets players, where um, you know, hey, we're hoping they're gonna get back, and then they have a little bit of setback, right? Or yeah. things don't go well, right? Because. Uh, and you might have more than me, right? But I've been hearing rumors that, that Barton and MPJ are ready to come back for the last Murray, few months. Murray and I mean, MPJ Murray, might yeah. not be coming back. Murray and MPJ. I, I personally, this is just my personal opinion here, Yeah, is um, I don't think either one of them is coming back. I mean, we're talking about seven games left in the regular season. There's no buzz as to whether or not these two guys are going to come back. And I have a hard time believing they're just going to start, they're going to throw them in in the playoffs for limited minutes. I don't think those two guys are walking through the door. 
Yeah, I unfortunately, I don't think so either for, for Denver. And that was one of the, the reasons we were excited about grabbing them on a futures market is the idea that if they did come back, especially Murray, and giving that, that secondary scoring punch in the pick and roll with Jokic to really be able to match up with some of these other great offensive teams here in the Western Conference. But, boy, it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a tough road to hoe, so they say, uh, for Denver to get out of the first round. And then I think that, that they struggle in the second round, whoever they meet. But I would say with all the injuries uh, that this team has gone through, if they were to just win a first round series, you'd have to consider uh, this season a success, right? And Michael Malone recently extended. I think it's well-deserved. We were pretty upset to lose him here in Sacramento. And he's done a great job uh, with Denver. He seemed to have a great idea uh, of how to get through to his players. And I know, you know, our DFS guys don't like him, but if you're not playing well, he has no problem sitting you on the bench. He's mm -hmm. not sticking uh, to some set rotation, right? Uh, he kind of keeps these guys on their toes. For some coaches, it doesn't work, but the players really seem to have bought into the way that Malone does it. So he probably does a good job of communicating. My guess, you know, is he's really clear about the actions or play that he didn't like that, that set the players on the bench. I don't think there's any confusion there. So I think it comes off as like accountability and not just some mad scientist throwing stuff at the wall. Really interesting. That's that's a great thought. And you like Malone is what I'm hearing. I've always thought, liked him. I thought I was, it was so a good upset extension. when we lost him. I thought firing him was one of the stupidest things we ever did as really? Sacramento Kings. Yeah. And, and, one of the Kings fans here, right here. We got one. Yeah. And, and you know, it was, was really cool. And one of the reasons we liked him there was his relationship with DeMarcus Cousins, who, you know, at the time uh, was a big star. Uh, but a mercurial dude, and, and t coaches had problems with him. And Malone got through to him, and DeMarcus loved him. So to see them reunited in Denver, right, because obviously, you know, I'm not going to have a dog in the fight once the playoffs start, right? I'm just looking at Tankathon and these lottery ratings as a Kings fan. I'm going to be rooting for Denver. Uh, I'd like to see DeMarcus and Malone do well because that's a great pairing. So real quick spread, just on the rest of the, the playoff teams here. I think the last team I want to get into is the Jazz. What the hell is going on here? They've lost four in a row. They don't look, they just don't look to where they were earlier this season. They just dropped out of the four spot. The Nuggets are a game back, but they are really two games back because the Jazz have the tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. What's going on with Utah here, buddy? Yeah, I think this could be the end of, you know, if they if there's a first round exit for this team, this could be the end for this core and this coach. Ooh. And I we've known that, that Mitchell and Gobert haven't got along uh, for a long time. Now, they've tried to get by that because, you know, go to the East, right? I, I heard that Brown and Tatum don't get along that well, and they're doing fine playing together. So it's not, uh, you know, a prerequisite for success uh, that your two best players have to be friends. But when things are going wrong, I think those things start to bubble up, right? And the Utah's around the same core now here. Um, for about the last three seasons for, with the same level of success. And I know, and we hear them in, in press talking about, you know, they feel disrespected because no matter what they do, you know, we as pundits or handicappers, we don't really give them a shot uh, to win the West. Uh, but I think it's rightfully so because uh, they've shown their inability to get things done in the playoffs. And the way the team is set up, right, it, it just doesn't seem balanced. Like, it feels to me like if you're going to build around Gobert, you should have a bunch of good defenders around him and try and be the best defense in the league. What they do is they put a bunch of shooters around Donovan Mitchell, and then they make Gobert clean up all their messes. Um, so they're not really elite at anything, right? You know, they have Gobert to clean up their defensive messes, but they're not elite defensively. Uh, you know, they have 
Mitchell and the shooters there to, to put up points. But with Gobert there, they also have that hole on the offensive end. So they're kind of good at everything, not good, you know, not elite at anything. And I think that leads to problems. Uh, rumors that this could be Quinn Snyder's uh, last year as well. And, I mean, it is nice, right? I mean, you don't want to fall like Sacramento where you just lose every year and it's terrible. But at the same time, you might need to sh- shake things up here, right? And I think that Donovan would be the guy um, to, to build around. So, um, yeah, I think it's really rough slating for the Jazz. I know, you know, I know that they know that all that matters is the playoffs because no matter what they do in the regular season, uh, we're not going to give them their credit. But I think it's really hard uh, to see this team uh, doing really well here, even against a lot of their potential matchups. I mean, you know, maybe they catch, you know, a Memphis or Golden State injured or, or Dallas suffers some injuries. But right now, Dallas is one game ahead of them in the standings. But, you know, if you were to ask me to take a team uh, as a future to win the West, I mean, I think Dallas has a way better shot than Utah at, at this point. They're playing better defense. They The team knows their roles, right? I mean, Luca's their primary. They got Dinwiddie and Brunson as their secondary. And the rest of the guys defend like crazy. Uh, and they can put the shots in when needed. But they know who's taking the shot at the end of the game. Now, of course, Utah knows that Mitchell's taking the shot. But a lot of times, is it going to be enough as these other teams, um, you know, can, can build kind of big leads uh, against the Jazz? And the thing is, Gobert's so good, but if he, he's not going to stop you from shooting threes. So if you get hot from three, it doesn't matter how good he is protecting the rim, right? So um, yeah, I, I, th- I think Utah's really going to have some problems this year. And I think this could be one of the, um, if it plays out like I'm predicting, it's going to be one of the biggest offseason shakeups of a good team, right? Of, of course, the Indiana Pacers are, are going to make some, some shakeups here, right? And, you know, of course, the Portland Trailblazers are, right? But of an actual good playoff team that's played really well this year and hey we've won some money back in them at home um you know hey they're better than they're like the old nuggets right 26 11 at home 19 and 19 on the road uh right so a <laughs> little more how we classify both those teams right with that uh, altitude advantage here but yeah i'm not high on utah's chances going into the playoffs all right buddy so so good to have you on the program again plug everything you're doing over there run pure sports and everywhere else too yeah, uh, I'm over here at Run Peer Sports, Run Peer Bets. I do an NBA rundown every day on the Run Peer Bets YouTube channel at uh, 3.30 Eastern. We'll go through every game, and uh, you know, even if I don't have a bet on it, right? We talk about it, and I'll say, hey, this is why I don't have a bet. Um, you know, I'm also writing over at Bookmakers Review. I do NBA and tennis content there, uh, you know, where I choose a couple matches or a game and give an in-depth breakdown of how I'm doing that. So. Uh, you know, those are the two main outlets of which you can finally, but, you know, come on over to Run Pure Sports. Check out everything we've got going on. Really, to me, it's the hottest thing going uh, in sports gambling information right now. The DFS team is just printing. Uh, I've been working with the DFS team as well, doing some tennis content. And it's just been so much fun uh, because we've been doing good, right? So every day I get to wake up, I see some screenshots. Um, from the members in the Discord, uh, that they're using the information that, that we provided to, to get some winners out there. And I've been doing uh, well on it myself. So, yeah, check out runpuresports.com. Watch my NBA rundown every day at 3.30 Eastern. Thank you, buddy. Love talking with Spread Astaire, at Spread Astaire on Twitter. I'm going to wrap this show up with something non-sports. Although, I mean, I'm going to set the line for a Chris Rock versus Will Smith boxing match. How about that? Next, on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. 
Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. And 1-800-522-4700 in Nevada. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, so let's handicap a Chris Rock-Will Smith fight. Just to set the scene, I had no idea that the Oscars were going on last night. As a matter of fact, I had a long conversation with an older gentleman yesterday who told me he didn't watch a movie in the last 25 years. I had no idea, even though we were talking about movies, that the Oscars were last night. So anyways, Final Four is done, hanging out. All of a sudden, Twitter's blowing up. I see a video, Will Smith slaps Chris Rock. Go back, look at it. There is a timeline here of Chris Rock making Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith jokes. Like it's happened from time to time. There's stand-up you could see. There's appearances you could see over time. So there was something brewing there between these two sides. Anyways, Will Smith completely out of line, going up and smacking Chris Rock in the face. Like, what are you thinking, man? And for anybody that thinks this is a fake, I don't think it's a fake. It makes no sense that Will Smith, on a night where he was the favorite, now look at it, he was the favorite to win the Best Actor Award? No sense for him to go up and slap him. He just did the movie on Serena and Venus Williams. Who was it? Robert Williams was the father. And I kind of feel like he went into Robert Williams mode, like super overly protective. It was so lame, so lame. But here's the tale of the tape. Chris Rock versus Will Smith. I'll, I'll give you an odd here. I think, I think that Will Smith would absolutely destroy Chris Rock. Now, I'd like for this to be bare knuckle just because Will Smith likes to use his open hand and it would be nice to at least see if he can use his closed fist. But this is a complete mismatch. Chris Rock listed as 5'8". He's probably 5'7". Listed at 168 pounds. I'm going to say he's like 5'7", 165. Small dude. Small dude. Uh, Chris Rock used to be, or Chris Rock, Will Smith used to be, what, 6'2", 140 pounds? Now he's 6'2". I'm just eyeballing this. He's over 200 pounds. He probably has Chris Rock outweighed by a minimum of 40 pounds and a minimum of six inches. Like, probably more pounds than that. Let's just say six inches and 50 pounds. So you got the height advantage. You've got the strength advantage. He's only three years younger than Chris Rock. Rock's 57. Smith is 54. Both of them look great for their age, by the way. It's amazing uh, what can happen here. And if Will Smith is in training to be an athlete again, he's going to be completely yoked. There's no way Chris Rock has a chance in hell of beating up Will Smith. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to set this line. Will Smith minus 550 to beat Chris Rock. I just want to get some money in here on the Chris Rock side. I don't think it's going to happen. The fight's definitely not going to happen, but that's the odds that I would set him at. Go Chris Rock. I feel bad for Chris Rock. I really do. He didn't deserve that. Chris Rock is paid to, to just make jokes. <laughs> he made a joke. He made a whole bunch of jokes, and Will Smith lost it. Uh, not a Will Smith guy anymore. Not a, that, That's just classless. And then he apologized. He apologized to everyone but Chris Rock. What a punk. Punk move, Will Smith. Punk move. All right, that'll do it for this show. Oh, what a wild show. We made a bet on the Broncos season win total. 
over 10 minus 114 on bet rivers if they land on 10 you get your push you get your money back but like i said this is a 12 and 5 team bad season 11 and 6 great season 14 and 3 i think it's somewhere between 11 and 6 and 14 and 3 for the broncos gave you my two bets for the final four already under on the kansas villanova game under 133 bet rivers over 150 and a half with duke and unc great to talk some broncos again to a lot of broncos news i'll be back on wednesday i'm sure there's a million more things to get into i'll talk more rockies just like i did today we'll talk more final four we'll talk more broncos we'll talk more nuggets we'll get into the abs too Woo! lots going on here on the denver city cast thanks for checking it out presented by bet rivers